All right. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Back podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Marcos Conan Negron, and beside me here, as always, is Ben, the Jet Rats. Ben, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Do you feel better? A week removed? You know, feeling no. a little bit? No. <laughs> not, not one bit. No, I'm still hurting, but it's okay. We're moving on. We're talking Kings. That's right. So before we get into King's Talks, please, if you guys are audio listeners and want to watch us on YouTube, go check us out on YouTube at the Behind the Back Podcast. Subscribe, like, give us a follow. So let's get into it. Ben, it's time. We took, we you know, we're recording a day later than normal. It's Friday. Um, and we took our own little all-star break. So a hot topic of all-star weekend is um, it's kind of turned into the fact that all-star weekend is kind of trash. Like, I hate to admit it when the all-star game itself was like, I don't even remember the final score it was like 200 something to like 190. Yeah. Something. I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, this is kind of absurd and I'm glad I didn't watch it. I didn't tune in. I only watched like little snippets from like, Oh, the dunk contest. Oh, the Sabrina versus Steph thing. But outside of that, I was um, relatively tuned out and it, it just, it leads me to wonder like, what's kind of the point and what can they really do to like fix that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild to me. Like, I look at some of like the um, they do some reruns on the old All Star games and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw I saw one rerun from one where it was like you know Vince Carter and all the OGs, um, and I was just like, man, this is this is like true all-star basketball, like, and they were actually trying. And then like it showed the highlights of like Jay will throwing the, um, the elbow, elbow pass. pass. And yeah. it was just so, all these like super cool um, throwback games. And it, and then I see this one and mind you, I didn't watch any of it. And I know you didn't either. Mm -mm. Like, but we see, and we hear about, you know, we see the highlights, we hear about how crappy the game was. And there was like, nobody trying people were heaving from yeah. three quarters court like luca with tons <laughs> yeah, of time that. left in the game like threw it from three quarter court it was it's just so sad to me to be honest with you um to see the lack of effort and i <clears throat> it was kendrick perkins actually said he said that uh he almost fe feels disrespected because he never in his career made it as an all-star mm -hmm. and he had one year where he was so close and Al Horford beat him by one coach vote. And, <laughs> and he was like super upset about it. And he's like, you know, the fact that these, that some guys in this league will work and work and work to get to this stage and never get a chance to play. And you guys treat it like this is just, and I, I kind of, I get totally where he's coming from. Cause you got to think of it from that perspective. Imagine working so hard like your whole career, let alone one season, right? But your whole career to get to this point, you get to that stage and all these guys are just making it like a joke. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I like, so like they did the whole light LED court. Like I thought that was interesting. Um, but again, the game itself is just, it's not worth it. And like you even had guys like Anthony Edwards, like on his press conference, they were like, he's like, I'm not really here. Like it's supposed to be a break. Like we, we have our season to focus on here. So like the guys, it's like, I don't know how to fit. Like if I were the NBA, I don't know what to do because like the NFL does a really good job of it. It like makes sense where 
like the two teams that make it all the way to the end, their players aren't involved. And then you get the guys who aren't playing for anything later. But like in the NBA, you can't really do that because their playoffs aren't one off games or seven game series. So it's like, do you wait until the finals and then do an all star weekend after? And then all these guys are already like I'm in vacation mode. But same thing for the NFL. So it's like they can't change that. And people were like, oh, turn it into baseball where whoever wins the game goes um whoever's like the, whichever conference is the winner is the one that hosts the finals and i'm like that's dumb though because you're putting again these guys like i get you want to make them go hard but there are going to be teams involved that aren't going to the finals so that doesn't make any that doesn't make any sense to me either so i'm just like it's kind of a bummer and i don't, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon at this point getting all-star is just the that's how it's i kind of think that's how it should be but i understand yeah. that you need a you they need something to you know make it more interesting make it worth being an all-star for at that point just give them pay raises or something <laughs> well but i mean do they really need more money is is then the <laughs> other avenue right but yeah. um i totally agree with you and so the way i would fix all-star weekend like if i were thrown at it i'd be like either invest in the challenges which is the skills challenge the three point the dunk and maybe build some incentives around that um, because those events are always fun in to a degree, right? Obviously this year, the, the star event was the three point contest, which was super cool for the only reason that Steph went up against uh, Sabrina. And that was, that was cool to see because it was the first WNBA player to partake in all-star weekend and yada, right. yada. Um, there was some interesting words said by some, <laughs> you know, by Kenny in particular um, mm-hmm. about his stance on that. But that's always going to be there, unfortunately. But right, and it is but, funny because like that Serena versus Steph wasn't even the actual three point contest no. either. And the sad part is they did better than all of the participants yeah. in the contest. So I would yeah. I would like invest in that and make it either make that like the the watchable event that everybody's like, yeah, like this mm-hmm. is, this is the night we tune in Saturday. I don't care what happened Sunday. I don't care what happened Friday. Friday right. is cool with the rising stars. Don't get me wrong. And I, I, like I actually that, yeah. really like how they laid that out with the five V five V five. Like that mm-hmm. tournament scenario is pretty cool. Um, but the, uh, the other thing that I would do is actually add one more event to Saturday. And I've heard this thrown around before. I didn't come up with this idea, but I'm backing it. And that's doing a ones tournament, one v ones. That'd I mean, be fun. That's basically what the All Star Game is. And so I'm like, why not give you know put one single award out there that's big, like it's it's the size of of the the uh, NBA trophy, right? Mm-hmm. But these guys all have to work individually, bank on their own game that got them there in the first place to go get that trophy. Like it's be much more know, nonchalant too. Yeah. Or so, they could do like a or they could do like a three V three. Maybe like pair up with your favorite yes. dudes and just go three V three. Like do a tournament and see who gets there and whoever wins gets a little, you know, gets a little bonus or a trophy or something like that. Yeah. Like the top five guys in the east and the west, like pick two teammates, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. And you yeah, it's Oh, that, it's that'd be cool. See, there are ways they can do this because the NFL just turned the actual game into a flag football game, which in right. turn yeah, it was, you know, it's flag football, but they had some fun plays. There was, you know, some things here and there you like to see. So I like yeah. how they kind of developed. And I think the NFL kind of figured it out because, like, people will go to see their stars if they make it all about them. And, you you know, the fan interaction was cool. So if the NBA can just find a way to fix it, that'd be that'd be fun. But other than that, I'm not tuning in 
unless I'm seeing a highlight of a sick dunk. But I was yeah. just like you. I was rewatching some of the things that they had on there, and I happened to catch the Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine dunk contest again. Yes. And I was like, wow, I really, really missed that. Like, that was such a great one. And I see, like, Mac McClung was fine. Like, he had some cool dunks, but at the same time, like, yeah, they've seen it before. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Still. And I mean, the dunks are cool, but what was really cool about that Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon thing, that competition was, it was competitive mm-hmm. and you genuinely like, you felt like this could go either way. And then it yeah. went to like OT. I, was it the second round that went to OT? The second yeah. matchup? I don't remember. It was the second um, matchup. The first one, Zach Zach stole it from Aaron Gordon, but you know. Well, <laughs> he kind of stole both of them, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Aaron should have at least gotten one of those. But um, that was like one of the best and most memorable dunk contests, let alone events mm-hmm. of All-Star Weekend for me in most recent history. Like, Agreed. I can't recall an All-Star event that really took my attention the way that that one did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well... Let's so, but the good thing about All Star Weekend, despite Keegan Murray being the only um, attendee, um, again, good to have him there. Good to be him to be recognized as a rising star. But what that did do, and we talked about this going into it, is uh, it gave our guys a chance to rest. And um, Foxy needed some rest. Domas top five in minutes needed some rest. And we came out uh, last night against the Spurs, and we took care of business. It was like usual, a little touch and go there for a second. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, what, what were your, what were some of your, you know, takeaways from that, from that game? Did you did like, I know there's some good and some bad that we can bring up here because they got the win. That's the important part, but definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the win is the most important part, especially with the last 28 games of the season. Right. Um, so obviously the key matchup going into this game was going to be Sabonis and Wemby. That was a questionable matchup going in because, Sabonis was originally doubtful um, early early on in the day, and then he was upgraded to questionable, and then by game time he was good to go. So he was he had come down with some kind of sickness. I'm not sure what it was, but regardless, he played like he always has. Um, he ended with 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. Mm-hmm. And and on the other side, Wemby ended with 19 points, 13 rebounds, and four assists. So once again, he outplayed everybody's favorite centers. Um, and <laughs> it was he was definitely like the highlight of the game for me. Sabonis at this point, like it's pretty safe to say he's our best player in terms of not his not necessarily his skill set, but his impact on this team. When yeah. you see him hit the bench, when you see him not in a game. Um, versus when he's out there playing with our guys like there is such a noticeable difference for this basketball team and um, he just he came in he took care of business like he does every night Um, one thing for sure that I was happy about was um, the believe it or not the officiating in this game was was some of the best I've seen all season there were some questionable calls don't get me wrong but it was they the refs really let the Kings and the Spurs play in this one. Um, yeah, there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of contact layups and and contact on screens and and stuff that you would ordinarily see games get extended with free throws and fouls and stuff, and they weren't calling that, and it was going both ways. And so I didn't feel like win or lose this game. The referees impacted this game negatively. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was called really fairly, which we can't unfortunately say 
majority of the time with the Kings. So um, that was actually a really fun game to watch. And I was thrilled with that. But I mean, what were what were some of your positives? I think for me, the main positive was was Domas. I think Domas and Foxy did a really good job, especially at the the end stretch with, you know, the last like five minutes of the game where and we'll talk about this in a little bit with one of the things I didn't like. But, you know, the Kings let the the Spurs take the lead. I think it was a 120, 116. Mm -hmm. And we were texting and we're like, well, at least Domas got his record, like, uh, you know, (laughs) continues to streak like we can lose knowing that. And then they just went on, uh, I think it was a 7-0 run, and just it came with, you know, uh, I forget what it was. I know it was Domas making a good play, getting a dunk on Zach Collins. Um, and then I know um, and then De'Aaron was, hit that big three to give us the lead. And then they ha- De'Aaron made that really clutch block on Cell. Yeah. And once they did that, then they were – and then they had the fast break where uh, – they were able to get it to Keegan and I was surprised they actually that Vassell kind of gave it gave it to them I thought they were going to like kind of hold it off and let Fox do it but when they got the alley I was like okay I'll take the easy one and then Fox hits the bucket at the end over Wemby to kind of put it away before Malik hit the free throws I thought that whole sequence was like okay all the things we needed to happen happen and it was a sign of the veteran team that's kind of been there before showing what they do best and I was happy that it turned out the way we did. Domas had a really good defensive play on Wemby where he tried to flail after putting his body into him. And I was like, you mentioned the refs did a really good job. Just not kind of not calling the BS. Yeah. And um, yeah, I like the way we finished and the momentum was kind of up and down all game. And I think that's, if there's one thing I want to look at negatively, it's something that we've been struggling with all year. It's just like we last year we were, we were, and I think it's because it's a surprise factor, right? Like nobody anticipated that from the Kings, but there we can't put our, you know, like we're not beating up teams the way we used to. Like we're yeah. we're getting big leads and then we're choking them. And it's I don't and I don't know if it's a product of the team taking breaks or just relying too much on the three sometimes, getting too careless with turnovers or not making free throws because that's a big issue. Um, but that is one thing that if, you know, we're doing this on against the Spurs who are, you know, they're fine. They're the worst team in the West, but they're not a bad team. Like they're a young team, but we, we're doing this thing where we're giving teams hope where we shouldn't be. And that's the one thing, especially when we, you know, go down this stretch, we're going to be playing tougher teams to finish the year. We can't play that way. And, but Again, a win is a win, and I'm I'm happy that Domas got his trip, uh, his double double and triple double. You know, he leads the league in triple doubles. That's awesome. I think that's underrated. And again, it's because he's in Sacramento and where Sacramento is right now in the rankings. Um, but for him, I think his 38th uh, straight double double was the most. Uh, he's now tied for the most in that streak since 2011 from Kevin Love. He tied that record, so nice. he has a chance to beat that uh, mm-hmm. next time out. So. Um, but I liked what I saw from Domas. I liked what I saw from Foxy, especially, you know, fourth quarter Fox came in. So, yeah, I was really fourth quarter about Fox that. was awesome. And that was something that we haven't really seen, like, um, consistently all year long. Right. Um, whereas we were seeing last year with him. Um, so it was good to see him both offensively and defensively kind of take over at the end there and and give us that win. But my last, like, positive for it um, for that game was actually – and it's almost a positive all season long is Malik in the two man game. Malik Mm -hmm. running a pick and roll with Domas is one of my favorite things to watch with this team. Um, It's 
there's something so fun about Malik, obviously with the way he plays the game of basketball. Um, he's just a spark plug when mm-hmm. he's feeling hot. You see the pep in his step. He's skipping around the court. He's laughing with guys. He's talking smack. Like he's having a great time. And when he's got that pep in his step, that two man game that he runs with Domas is almost unstoppable. Right. Because you have to account for him going up, you know, 12 feet in the air and throwing it down on anybody who's looking at him. And you also have to account for Domas, who's elite in just putting himself in a position for any pass. So that's, that's like, something that I believe this team needs to utilize going down the stretch the rest of this season. And that's not necessarily just Malik and Domas. That's just using Domas in any two-man scenario, whether that's Keegan, whether that's Herter, whether that's Fox. Like, We need to run more pick and rolls and work from inside out to the outside. And that's right. one thing like, like you kind of touched on it. Like This team, they almost resort to a three ball when they get into – a situation where they're a little flustered and a little shaken at times, like we'll let a team come back on us. And that's like, it's okay. Most of the time to let a team back into a game. That's kind of the way this, this league is right now, especially where the game of basketball are. is. Yeah. Yeah. Like three, three balls in a 10 point game is gone. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's right there. Right. So you can let a team back in, but what you can't do is, is, think that you have to get a three just to, to get our lead back up to a four. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, you got to break the game down, slow it down and then get back to the basics. And that's one thing I think this team struggles with, especially Fox at times. Like I hate to kind of push on him right now, but he used to be so automatic with going inside, driving to the paint, getting into a guy's chest and just going right at the rim. Right. And then, he started getting better with his mid range. And then you saw him starting to incorporate the mid range, the pick and pops and things like that. And then now, obviously he worked really hard his career and this off season on his three ball. And it has shown he's shooting a career high in three, three point percentage, but he's resorting to it a little too much. And I feel like even in scenarios where the team needs a bucket, he sometimes feels like it needs to be a three. And I'm like, man, you can, you can get inside on these guys. Like it's, it's so, it should be automatic. Right. And I do think, I do think, because I think yesterday he did a really good job of kind of getting everywhere, taking inside and then taking some outside shots versus kind of settling. I also think before the all-star break, part of the settling was because I think he was a little bit more hurt. Um, Mm -hmm just maybe a little bit more more worn out and i think i also believe that once we get to the big games well you know and we'll talk about this later kind of in the playoffs when the games are all the games matter i'm not saying that the regular season doesn't matter but i believe that fox is going to take it up another notch once he gets to the playoffs he was averaging the numbers he's averaging now for a whole season last year in just the playoffs because he took it to a level and i think that once he's the kind of player that relies on needing those big games to take over so i'm i agree with you to an extent i do think the numbers kind of back up like why he's shooting as much as he is because he's still top 10 in percentage in the league despite him taking more than he should sometimes but i do agree that in for it does attribute to the inconsistency because we have a bunch of guys that shoot threes anyway so it's like we don't need we don't need you to because you're the kind of change of pace guy who can you know, 
create the changes in the lane, create for others. And I think he did a good job, like you mentioned. I agree with you with uh, getting Domas more involved because there was times where I was watching him and De'Aaron do pick and rolls. And that sometimes you don't see that all the time. It's mainly like De'Aaron attacking. And then Domas yeah. will operate with someone else to get his buckets or get an offensive board or things of that nature. And then when Malik comes in, that's when Domas gets activated. And I feel, I don't know if that's just like how they decide to run it, but De'Aaron, whenever he gets like nine or 10 assists, the team is just much more dynamic because he's getting more and more involved. So um, I do think that, I think Foxy and Domas, you know, will recognize that going down the stretch too. Yeah, definitely. Um, my last negative on the game um, is actually the bench. I was really disappointed in our bench production and I've been disappointed for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, we need a little bit more out of guys, especially I'm just going to point at one right now is Trey Lyles. Like he obviously he's been getting inconsistent minutes and that's another negative in general for the season that I kind of got a point at Mike Brown on is just shelving a guy for a couple weeks and then playing him for 30 minutes almost. And it's just kind of a lack of consistency in minutes at times. And I'm sure it impacts guys, and maybe that's something that's bugging Trey. But I need I need more out of Trey Lyles, especially with how many open looks he gets a game. It just seems like he doesn't take advantage at times. Um, but bench production needs to be better. Obviously, Davion Mitchell, I, where is your offense, man? Like that's it's it's been an issue since he was drafted, and we saw a little bit of a jump. Obviously, his defense, I don't think he can get better at defense. I don't need him to. He's right. great at defense. But he hasn't earned the respect of the league and hasn't earned the respect of the refs, and so he doesn't get some of those calls or he gets called for things that he shouldn't, right? Yeah. So he impacts us in that way. But that bench production last night was terrible. I mean, the bench finished with 35 points, 21 of them coming from Malik. Like, we got to yeah. do better in that regard. I think that's a part of the reason why – they haven't met the expectation last year that, that they that they set last year because the bench was a, was it seemed a little bit more productive and we thought that with some of the moves we thought internal development was going to kind of happen and you know this is where you know and we'll talk about this in a little bit i kind of want to iterate on this point where like this is maybe why we make a move at the trade deadline this is maybe why we you know you take a few pieces out that weren't really contributing, even though they added depth and then get depth in the building that can contribute. And you can, if it, even if it's a marginal improvement, a marginal nine to 10 points, 12 points for, you know, different guys that wins games. And um, I thought, you know, I thought they were going to play Keon more. That doesn't, hasn't been happening. We saw Duarte step in, make a few buckets. I know he's been hurt and that's why he came back in. And I know injuries kind of here and there have kind of been messing with the, roster a little bit but yeah. i mean our starters have been relatively healthy and that's never you know that hasn't changed so i don't know and again it was a good night for kevin herter he got his 20 points but again he hasn't been like he's been inconsistent all year too so it's like it really co- does come down to fox domas and malik as our most consistent scorers and i don't say keegan because keegan's job at this point is to be strictly a three and d guy who can blow up at any time and create on his own time. But his role as a defender has, you know, limited where he can be right now until we get more defenders in the building that can help him achieve the offensive potential. But I just, I don't know. I agree with you. I think our bench that was so, 
promising, you know, was like, oh, if we just beef up this bench, this team's going to be fine. And we thought we did, we know, with the Sasha move. And I just, I don't know. I That does worry me. And I know with the in the playoffs, it kind of doesn't, it matters a bit, but you shorten your roster in the playoffs. You're not playing 10 right. to 12 guys in the roster. You're playing eight to nine. Um, so maybe but you need it, to be able to lean on your bench down the stretch to, to, you know, save your guys for the playoffs. Right. Yep. So it worries me. And that's yeah. definitely, that'll definitely, and it's been a reason we, that some of the games we won last year was because our bench was so productive and now we're not getting that same level of production and it's extremely inconsistent. If Monk has a bad game, there's a very good chance we lose because yeah. no one else is contributing. So if we're relying on two dudes off the bench to help, elevate the rest of our scoring and you know it leads to inconsistency so let me ask you a spur of the moment question would mm-hmm. you rather have davion mitchell or terrence davis i i'd have td i yeah. i would because it is it's like a malik monk in the sense of the offensive firepower and he put in effort i don't you know there was there was i the discussion that like him and uh, coach, you know, Brown didn't like understand each other that much, even though he was just mm-hmm. pushing TD and you saw in the playoffs, like TD locked in, it got to the point where yeah. you had to rely on Terrence Davis to guard Steph Curry in game seven because Davion couldn't do it. And that's just the, the nature of the situation. You, I would take a guy who can get me a bucket and at least is able to put effort on defense versus a defensive specialist who isn't excelling on that part the way he was when he first entered the league. And I don't know. It's just, so yeah, Terrence Davis. <laughs> I would yeah, have no, him over Davion. I would do the same thing. I just I was watching the game last night and I'm seeing Davion and how he's operating on the offensive end. And I was just I was just disappointed, man. It's it's unfortunate because I love Davion. I love his game. Like I just I've always wanted his offense to pan out and at least get to a Tim. consistent level, right? Um <laughs> and unfortunately I guess it is consistent right now. It's it's not there. <laughs> um, but I just, it, it made me really think back to last season. I'm like, what was the difference? And one of them was for sure having TD at times where it's like, well, Mike Brown knew if he needed a bucket coming off the bench, it was Terrence Davis. So, yeah. um, I guess let's, let's, uh, let's transition out of, out of this game. What, any final thoughts on this one? Happy. We got the win. Always good to light the beam at home, especially where we we're a little up and down. Um, happy our guys look they definitely look rested they definitely look healthier and a little bit more aggressive so it does give me more confidence and you know good to see i was happy with the win i'll take it so definitely so on that note let's talk playoff scenarios now there is 27 games left i do want to note 17 of those are at home so one thing for sure that this king's team needs to do for the rest of the season is take care of home court advantage. You take care of home court advantage and you're going 17 and 10, right? Like, yeah, that's a good point. That's, and that's, that's a good record to be at. I mean, I haven't done the math, but I think that's at least, <laughs> I think that's at least the sixth spot in the Western conference. Now mm-hmm. where we sit right now, mind you, there are games going on. So at the very moment that we're talking, we are sitting in eighth place. Pelicans uh, are going at- to be Pelicans are losing right now. And the the Rockets and the Suns are in a two point game right now with the Rockets leading with ten seconds left. So okay. huge implications for what Ben's about to say here. Yeah, so we're we're just a half game back from the sixth spot, and the sixth spot is taken by the Mavericks. Seventh is the Suns. So if the Suns lose, 
and obviously we're not playing. We're going to take over the seventh spot. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, we've got to kind of focus on other teams. Unlike last year, we didn't really have to do that. We could kind of bank on ourselves. Um, but we're forced this season, at, at least at this point, to start looking at the games around us, the teams around us. So um, we're right there in terms of a lock-in playoff spot. We're, I say we're a half game out. We might as well be tied um, because it's it's literally just one game, one game kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of want to look at it as if the season ended right now, at least on my side. So we would be the eighth seed and we would have to play the Lakers to start in the play in. Wouldn't we do we play the seventh seed in the seven and eight Is play it seven? Game, right? Oh so yeah, so seven and eight and then nine seven and ten play. play. 10. So seven and eight play each other and then nine and ten play each other. The winner of seven and eight moves on, and then the loser plays the winner of nine of eight of nine and ten. That's right. God, that's, so that's even how... worse because that means we would play the Suns first. Yeah, exactly. But and that's and that's a scenario we can talk about too because the plan, like, like there isn't you know when we talk about looking at other teams, there's there's a tiny bit of strategy in, involved in this. Like, do we play an extra game, knowing that like you know when we get to that point, if we're like two games away, and the Thunder and the Wolves are sitting at the one or two seed, and the the Nug or the Clippers or the Pelicans are sitting in the three seed and like, do we want that six seed or do we want to take our chances and try to fight for the seventh and eighth seed for one game and see if we can play one of the teams that we know that we can beat. So that's the, yeah. that's the, you know, one of the scenarios there, but so you, okay. So you were going to take it. So let's say you were, we were in the eighth seed, go from there. What were you thinking? Well, I was just thinking, um, you know, we, we would end up playing. So you say we'd end up playing the Suns. If That's they were a tough matchups for uh, matchup for us right now. Um, it's we'll talk about some like some matchups we do want to see versus we don't want to see here in a couple minutes. Um, for me, right now, the Suns is not a matchup I want to have, and the reason being is they they look good. They're rolling right now. Um, our last two matchups with them. The, the crazy part about it, we've played them four times already this season. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first two times we played them, first one we won by eight, second one we won by 15. And it was, they were convincing wins. Mind you, the Suns were dealing with some injuries. Game three, the Kings blew a massive lead. And that sucked. We lost by two points um, in a game we shouldn't have lost. And then game four, again, we blew another lead in the fourth quarter. I believe it was close to 10, if not 10 points or 11 points. Um, and then ended up losing that one by five. So, in all four of those games, we at one point or another, we were feeling like we should win this. No problem. And unfortunately, we're looking at a two and two split. I don't want to see a healthy Suns roster in the playoffs. I really don't. Um, right. Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, guys like that. And then I hate I hate to say it, but Grayson Allen. I've never liked the guy just based off of his college shenanigans. But wow, he is turning into a very consistent player. And I actually really like watching him play basketball just in terms of how consistent he is, how reliable he is offensively and defensively. He he knows his role. And he's won and he's won a championship with Milwaukee, so it's not like he's been there. He's done it now. So 
Um, he's he's kind of like Kuzma in the sense of he knows how to play with great players. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you a bit on the whole Suns aspect of it. I do think, though, mm, I just, oh, man, it's tough. You're right, because they do have the playoff pedigree, although they have been not so great once they, you know, they get pushed all the way to game six and game seven. Like, they they will tend to struggle in a one-off game. You know, it, they would be at home. It would be at Phoenix, but the Kings are, they're marginally, they've been, they're worse this year on the road than they were last year. So, but the Kings also are the kind of teams that would turn it up on the road. So, right. and I, I understand that the loss we had that where we blew both leads were on the road. So that also, you know, doesn't help either, but, and Booker and Duran are just so freaking gritty and Nurkic is a tough matchup against Domas just for the physicality of it all. And last time, and we'll mention, I'll mention the trade deadline again. They traded for Royce O'Neal, and he hit nine big points on us. That sw- and yeah. the big three that swung the momentum in the game. And I'm like, this is why you make a trade. <laughs> it's like, and when we look at other teams like the Mavericks, right? I was thinking go- going in before trade deadline that the Mavericks were one of the team I would want to face if we were in the play-in situation. Now, now that's not the case anymore. Like, yeah. they have PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford, and that's the price of sacrificing. A few pieces that are good, like Seth Curry, Grant Williams, and Rashawn Holmes, they were, well, Rashawn was just kind of there, but uh, Seth Curry and Grant had a role on that team, and they traded them both to get two new guys who are better fits, and they're not supposed to be the all-stars because they have Luka and Kyrie. Kyrie gets back from injury, and they're on a seven-game winning streak, and they dusted the Suns last night. So it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I still am confident that because for some reason we just kind of live rent free in Luca's head a little bit. When every time we face him, he always gets a little bit more salty. Um, so I would, I would be interested, but in a first round series, that would be tough. And even a one off game, that would be tough too. But, and then it would turn into if we were in the play in, my confidence level if we lose and would, if we had to go up against the Warriors part of me is just like that would be the nightmare scenario where it's like they live rent free in every king's fan's head no matter what even and the king's player even when we beat them you're challenging steph to a you know winner takes all kind of game it's like ah and so but the and that's the part where the play-in scares me is if we're if we do lose if we're forced to play two games and let's say we do come out of it we're playing our seven game series to get two days later and that's That's the tough part. Even if it's against a team like OKC or Minnesota, they would have had some of these guys when you're the top two seeds, when you're the top three seeds and you kind of know you're standing, you're going to rest your guys. You're going to rest a few key guys here and there, get everyone as rested as you can but for the, you know, for the playoffs and our guys are going to be worn out. And you could tell by the end of the seven game series against the Warriors last year. And I, and I do think that's a play style thing. Like both teams just run up and down the court. And having to chase Steph all the time is different than having to play any of these other dudes. But you, we were worn out. And there's a very big chance that if we slip and have to play two games and then a playoff series that we run into the same problem. So, yeah, uh, that's it's it sucks. I want to avoid the play in. That's my best case scenario is just to be a top 16. I don't even care. And I'm right there with you. And I I do believe that this team is capable of the six seed at least. Um, same. I have I texted you and, and Ryan and this was I think right before the all-star break or during or something anyway I texted you guys and I said hot take I think 
the Kings are going to be one of the hottest teams coming out of the break. And like, and I kind of, I still believe that, like, even after last night, mind you, we probably should have blown the Spurs out of the water. It would have felt a little bit better if we did. <laughs> right. But I do believe like this team has a gear that we haven't seen this season. So I'm banking on that coming out in this last 27 games, especially with how much home court advantage we have and how big that home court advantage is. This fan base is loud. They're exciting. They're, they're right there behind our, their players the entire time. So, um, yeah, taking advantage of that is going to be huge. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's say, let's just say we get like a six seed anywhere, fourth, fifth or sixth. Okay. What are, what is a matchup that you're like, you're confident in? Who would you like a top two, maybe matchup you'd want to see? So discussing realistic options, because the top four are kind of in a class of their own, right? So if we were the sixth seed or even the fifth seed, if somehow New Orleans slipped, New Orleans did lose officially. And this Suns and Rockets game is now over. The Rockets lost or won. So the Suns have now lost. So now we are in the seventh seed. And the Pelicans are only one game ahead of us now. So now the fifth seed is a little bit more now open, right? So, <laughs> so, right. And that's just how it's going to be. Like every yeah. little win, every little loss is going to be an, a factor here. So, um, so in this scenario here, if we were the fifth seed, the, mo- the most likely third or fourth seed is going to end up probably being the Clippers or the Nuggets. Out of those two, give me the champs. Like, honestly, like I would – we, we are three and zero against them in the season. And I understand that the regular season is much different than the playoffs and the nuggets have been there, done that, but we're the kind of team that can wear them down. And we do play well in Denver and it's, it's really weird. <laughs> like we, I think don't... we're two and one. No, we're are three. We? and zero. Domas are is we? undefeated. Yeah. They put wow. up the stat. They put up the stat because uh, Domas is undefeated against uh, Jokic Davis and cat when he plays. So it's like, nice. So that that was a nice little stat. So we're three and zero against them so far, um, and it doesn't feel that way, right? But the no. uh, we had the we had the comeback win on the road, and then we blew them out at home after losing to Detroit, and then yeah. we won against them earlier in the season. Um, and that was after they had that was like a that was like their third game in four nights, so they were a little worn out. Yeah, that's um, right. So I you know, and it was surprising because that game that we won in Denver was a back to back. That was the second night of a back to back. So. We're good. And that's one thing. We do have a lot of games at home, but we have we have seven back to backs coming up in the stretch, too. That's tough. So you're you're saying that's saying, oh, gosh, like 14 of our 17 games are going to be in like a mix of a back to back or something. Yeah, I don't know the math on but that one. I, we have broken that wall of can this team actually win a back to back? Exactly. So that's that's nice, at least to know. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way because we've had a we've had a nice little streak with it or you know, we've won like three of our last four um mm-hmm. in that sense. So that's good. And we're you know, we talked about it earlier in the season. Teams who want to extend to that next level are good on back to backs. It's just how it has to be. That's a part of the game. Um so Are you afraid of the Clippers? A little bit. I would rather see I would rather see the Nuggets than the Clippers, and it's only because yeah. our matchups are better. They're Kawhi and Paul George, like our wing combos are not as like we're not equipped to handle big wings like Harden, George, and Kawhi when they're all healthy. And then Zubach is just an annoying yeah, pesky he's big who just he's 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 just physical. And Domas, yeah. you know, they cancel each other out a bit. Like 
they kind of both play the same kind of style. Only Domas is just a slightly better dribbler and passer, but their wings are just so intense and they have good size. And Norman Powell is like their Malik Monk, just an awesome bench guy who can, who lights us up every time. So they would just be a tough out and Kawhi and them. And that, and again, a huge part of this just is a part of if they stay healthy or not, like Kawhi still dealing with the up and down injuries. Would they last a whole series and what happens if they don't? So it's like, right. But I would rather if it, if getting the six seed or a top six seed, meant having to play the Clippers, I'd rather have that than I would avoid the play-in altogether. Like, if at the end of the day, they're a tough series for us, that's only going to, you know, hopefully influence Monty to fix our weaknesses more. Um, And I think for some reason, and I know we talked about this earlier in the year, and that was, you know, before we kind of knew how the season was playing out a bit, I would be okay if we went to a first round series and we matched up against someone who we kind of suck against like new Orleans or, you know, or LA. And if we, I wouldn't say get swept, but if we at least put up a good fight and we lose in the first round, I'm not going to be completely disappointed in it because everyone this year got better. And just to put it in perspective, I looked through like the records of the Western conference over the past, like 10 years, our record last year where we were the third seed would have been the eighth seed in most of those seasons. So it's like, it's, it's really, it's really that. So like last year was kind of a, a one-off where we took advantage of a slightly worse Western conference. So, and that sucks to think about. So I'm nervous, but I, I, I would prefer the nuggets or the Clippers, my ideal, my dream matchup, which I also think would be like the best first round scenario was if we got, if we matched up with OKC. I think that'd be like the most fun, intense first round matchup of the playoffs. If that was the case. Yeah, that was, that was my number one matchup. Like I, and I can kind of see the thunder slipping a little bit. Um, I feel like they've for the most part of the season, just played hot. They've felt hot all season long. Like they've been relatively healthy. Um, And it's just been kind of like, I hate to say it, but almost like a dream scenario for them. Um, because nobody really plotted them to be a top two, you know, team. Right. I think you could, you could argue at the start of the season, like fourth seat mm-hmm. and, and feel pretty confident in that. So I still think that they could regress a little bit. And if they did, I would love that matchup because I mean, it's been, we're two and one against them this year on the seat on the season series. Um, and each game has been just, it's kind of like when we play the warriors, it's just, it's a high, high, fast paced, um, you know, high octane game. Like it's, oh yeah, it's really fun to see. And, and Shay's so much fun. Um, Chet's got so much potential and he's, he's awesome to see, honestly. Um, and just the way that we match up, like each of the matchups is just, it's a fun game each time. So oh, yeah. would love to see OKC. My second matchup that I did want to see was Denver. Um, and then, believe it or not, my third like who I'd who I'd be okay matching up against is Minnesota. And same, why not? Give me Minnesota. The, the reason being is, if Cat's healthy, we stand a great chance. And that's odd to say, but Minnesota, when Carl Anthony Towns is out there, like their numbers drop. They don't necessarily get worse, but they're easier to manage, mm-hmm. which is weird to think about. I don't really understand why, but 
just looking at some numbers and looking at like play style, it's, it almost seems like the way they run the two, the Eiffel towers that they have when Rudy Gobert and, and Kat, when they're on the floor at the same time, you kind of know what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. so I feel like teams have kind of learned how to play them. And, and, you know, we're, what are we, are we one-on-one against them on the season series yeah, with one, one more one. matchup? I think on March 1st, right? Mm-hmm. So that's right around the corner. Um, but the first game we won really convincingly and Cat was on the floor. Second game, Cat wasn't there. And we got yeah. we got demolished. And I'm interested to see because one thing that has been a talking point for um specifically Rudy Gobert is that he has been known to have been played out of playoff games before like that was his big crutch in utah that's why utah how uh, when they had donovan mitchell no matter how good they were during the regular season when it came to the playoffs rudy was played out and i'm sure there's a bit of that that maybe with this system has changed this year but i do that will remain a question and you know they couldn't make it last year with them but that was partially because him and cat hadn't seen the floor together for that much that yeah. it i would be a fun matchup to see because we are the kind of team that Albeit we do struggle against those longer teams, but we can spread the floor on them in the playoffs in a way that would challenge Rudy a bit. And Domas isn't afraid of Rudy. Like he's not, he doesn't, he's not the kind of big that cancels out, you know, um, Domas in that sense. He's too lanky for him. Like he's physical and he's long, but it's not, we need the physical guys and Domas can out physical. And same thing with OKC. Like OKC has Shea, but Shea and Fox can cancel each other out with how they play. Chet can't guard Domas yet. He's just not strong enough yet. And um, I do think that that's a matchup where both teams are just going to be high profile, high flying. But, oh, man, it'd be fun. It would be fun to get any one of those three teams. I would really not like to see if I had to pick, like, let's just name my top three. It would probably be the teams I'd like to avoid are New Orleans, L.A., the Clippers, and, um, and Dallas right now. And that's and that's assuming we're not in the yeah. plan because if we're in the plans, I'm avoid. I, I want. I'm, I'm wanting to avoid the Warriors at all costs. I'm not afraid of the Lakers. I don't care. Like I know it's LeBron, yeah. and I understand that, but they haven't had our number. <laughs> like it's no. just, I'm. I'm. It feels weird. And Domas has owned Anthony Davis this, his entire career. And Domas has never lost to Anthony Davis. So it's like, wow. In re- this has been. The, I've never. Yeah, he's 8-0 against him. Like, I've never been afraid of the Lakers since yeah. Domas and De'Aaron have been there. We've kind yeah. of been – we've just kind of owned them. So, that's how I feel. Yeah, I, uh, my, my worst case is the only one that I would switch out was instead of Dallas, and that's mainly because I don't see us matching up with them in the playoffs, but obviously <laughs> it could happen. I would be afraid of them. Um, <laughs> my other team is the Suns. Like, it's, <laughs> it's Clippers, Pellies, and Suns. And – it's just the Suns because I know the firepower on the other side. It's kind of the same scenario as the Clippers. Like, can you stay healthy for a full series, right? So there's questions to be ha- asked in those. But, um, yeah, I just – gosh, man, I don't want to see Kevin Durant in the playoffs. I, I really don't. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and if Bradley's healthy, I would yeah. hate to see it. Not that, And I'm confident that we could win, but the yeah. most likely scenario with playing them would most likely be in the play-in, and that would – in a one-off game, that would be terrifying. So yeah, I just I don't want to see that team get used to playing us. I don't want to see what that team could do to us three or four games into a series. You know what I mean? 
and that's something this year um that we failed you know that we i don't know if it's like failed to notice it's because it's new the end season tournament caused some of these games we're playing the suns five times this year we're playing new orleans five times this year because of the end season tournament so it's very interesting that that kind of dynamic is created now where each con you know each few seasons teams are gonna are going to have to play each other more often and I kind of like it. It kind of creates a little, I think it kind of sets the tone for potential rivalries to be, you know, instated. You get to play a team more often. They're going to piss you off more often. Um, But I playing New Orleans five times kind of sucks, especially if we get swept because we're on four right now. We've already gotten swept. And if we get extra swept, that's going to (laughs) suck. Yeah. I won't be happy about it for sure. So Mm -hmm. we talked about our scenarios, what we want to see, what we'd rather see rather. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and the ones that we wouldn't want to see. So I guess now what are some keys that you would have for this playoff push for the Kings in this last 27 games? I think you and I alluded to this as bench needs to step up. Um, I do. I think if there's one thing that the Kings could that need to happen is they need their bench play to step up and they need to just like, they need to execute on the little things where still bottom of the league in free throw percentage. I will not get over that because that has cost us games. And part of that is because we're, I don't know if it's our lack of aggression, the way the refs treat us, but we're, we're also bottom half in the league in attempts and it's, it's difficult. And I want to say our defense, but our defense has been what we've asked it to be. Like we talked about this for years. If this team could just get middle of the pack defensively, like, Oh, we can, we'll be fine. And defensively it's not like teams are chucking up a bunch of threes on us we're shooting as a team where the kings are averaging six more threes a game than their opponents the mm-hmm. but they're hitting at a 40 percent clip which is also terrible so the teams are just ultra efficient on us and that kind of sucks so that needs to change if we want to achieve the level that we want going into the postseason what about you yeah i, I absolutely agree with that um mine is we just we need to see more consistency out of this team um the playoffs like if we're going into the playoffs not wondering what version of the kings we're going to get in game one and game two and three and four like so on it's i just i we had that last year because we hadn't seen our team in the playoffs for 16 years so we were like i don't know what we're gonna get right but we're here like (laughs) exactly this year we gotta know the version we're getting going into the playoffs because we need to know what's going to work against the team that we're matching up against. And right now it's hard to say what's going to work any given night because sometimes we shoot 40% from the three point line on like, you know, 30 made threes almost. It, obviously it's not that crazy, but <laughs> I know that. Yeah. But some nights will pop off from distance. Other nights will be terrible. And unfortunately my next point is we need to get back to the basics when that three ball is not landing, stop going after the three ball. Like, get back to the fundamentals of the game. You have one of the best fundamental centers in the league. He averages almost a triple-double. We need to use Domas a little bit more just in terms of getting that inside presence. Get the run game going, right? What have I been preaching all year long with the Niners? <laughs> like, get the inside game going. If we yeah. can get some easy buckets and force teams to – start closing in you're going to get so many more open looks and this team they are built for open looks like there are shooters from top to bottom on this team 
and just getting consistent open looks is going to be huge for them, especially to build confidence in this last stretch. And then obviously going in on the first playoff series. So, um, yeah. And then just stay healthy. Like, please, (laughs) please just stay healthy. (laughs) But those are, those are my points. No, I love it. Um, so now that we kind of break down our points, any final thoughts before we, you know, close out this episode? Um, we got the Clippers on Sunday and, uh, this is a chance to get back. You know, we haven't beat them yet this year. Um, we're in LA, so I don't know the injury report. I haven't looked at that. I'm, I'm a bad reporter. I'm not a reporter, but <laughs> I think the Clippers are healthy. They're yeah. fine. They last game I saw when the, when they were playing the thunder, they didn't have any injuries. So, and to be honest with you, I'm, I want that because yeah, I want to see, I really want to see this Kings team go out and at least like really compete with this Clippers team because this Clippers team right now, fully healthy is one of the top teams in the league. So They're... as it stands right now, sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. As it stands right no, now, good. Norman Powell might be out with an ankle injury. So that would be okay. huge for us because he kills us every time. So continue. That's like you said, that's like Malik Monk. So it's yeah. like, if we don't have Monk, um, yeah, it's the Clippers are, they're a hot team. They've, they've had some consistency issues, but I think that's more to do with leaning on health um and availability obviously so yeah just take it to this team let's go out and make a statement we're going to la like i said like just to get two and oh out of the break especially because we've got a tough schedule i don't know if if you ran that number if you know what our schedule we we're matches up against the, we're fifth in the strength of remaining strength of schedule yeah so, so we've got fun. the fifth hardest <laughs> schedule going forward which is that's just that's just Kings basketball, baby. We're always right. playing from behind. And if and listen, if we come out here and we do like even a seventeen ten, like how you mentioned, I'm gonna feel even better knowing that we had to deal with yeah. that strength of schedule and got good wins along the way. So Yeah, and that's the thing too. We're not gonna go seventeen and ten, you know. We're not gonna <laughs> let me put it this way, we're not gonna win every home game. So the road games that you do have, obviously still try and get the win. And if you get a win, that's just icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like any road game at this point out of the 10 remaining, like awesome. Let's go. So let's go, let's go take it to LA, man. It's going to be a fun game. Um, I'm excited and I'm so freaking stoked for this last 27 games. I know it's nice. You know, now that our attention's on basketball, um, it's, it's nice to be a part of the stretch run and just kind of lock in and go for it. Um, there's definitely a lot of football I want to talk about um, because there's been a lot of, trash coming you know coming along in the eagle side of things we don't have to talk niners if you don't want to but we can uh, we can dig into that later moving forward um but to lock in on our kings to be ready for this playoff push we're ready so i want to see them get a win that'd be very nice and um at la that'd be that'd be clutch especially since we have to play tough matchups against miami and denver soon too so yeah yeah i'm not this it's gonna be it's gonna test us and i'm excited to see if you know this team can actually answer or not and if they don't we're gonna be trashing them so we'll be ready for it yes sir all right so with that being said this was episode 30 of the behind the back podcast you can hit us up at behind the back pod 13 at gmail.com hit us up on social media instagram twitter tiktok x facebook find us on youtube like subscribe give us a follow leave any comment you want down there but we're ready for it we're happy to be here talking basketball with you guys and this is always my co-host, Ben, the Jet Rets. You ready to have a good weekend, brother?
I'm ready, man. Let's light the beam. Let's light the beam. I am Marcos Conan Negron. We will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.